Welcome back to Delmance Dawn and Happy Pride! I'm Luke, he, him, sometimes they, them. And I'm joined by my wonderful co-host. It's me, it's Janine, you know me. I'm the transgender lesbian that talks to you about Simpsons in One Piece. Mm -hmm. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Oh, happy Pride indeed. We're celebrating Pride, especially this year on our podcast where we uh, recap One Piece and also look at contemporary Simpsons episodes and then fan cast the characters. I don't think we've done that as the intro for a few episodes at least. Uh, but we are celebrating because it's the end of Skypea. Love wins. We're out of this place. Yeah. Uh, it's it's been a long road getting from there to here. Uh, cause we started on episode twenty-five and this is our thirty-first episode. Not that numbers count, except that numbers do kind of count. I guess. I mean, like we also like dictate the numbers a little bit. I'm not sure what you mean by that, my friend. Oh, and how we present them and in what order and stuff. Oh, I mean... Like, we have some a little bit. Plus, we can lie. I've been lying, like, the whole time. Well, I mean, I don't really count the uh, SBS episodes. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at my big planning sheet that currently goes up to episode 71. It had gone to episode 70, but... Uh, there has well, been an almost mutiny, and I have had to split uh, G8 into two episodes. That way we don't cover 11 episodes. That seems like a lot for not really us just to watch, but just to cover, you mm -hmm. know? That's... Luke, yeah. you already do a lot of work on the... What would we call it? The rundown, I guess? The recap? The recap, yeah. You do such good work on that. I can't imagine... Well, actually, I can imagine you doing, like, one for, like, over the course of 11 episodes, but I don't want you to go through that work. Okay. I mean, the other thing with that is... Uh... Um, but I mean, the other thing with that is there are no Simpsons episodes during all of G8, and we're also going to have a special guest on if the stars align. Oh. So, yeah, uh, but we aren't here to talk about that. We're here to talk about episodes that initially ran between September 21st through November 2nd of the year 2003, and there's a Bunch of Simpsons episodes in here, my friend. Uh, we had My Big Fat Geek Wedding, where Edna stands Skinner up at the altar. She starts dating comic book guy, but turns down his wedding proposal and Skinner. And then the B-plot is kind of Homer's bad at his marriage, and he somehow convinces Marge to renew her vows for no real reason. 
Like it was just kind of like a throwaway gag and there were a couple of those earlier before like hey now we're going to this place because I did this thing. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a peak example of the we need a Homer and Marge marriage is threatened plot but we don't actually want to fully develop one out where it's Homer does something wrong needs to regain Marge's trust and here it's just Homer does something wrong and he somehow regains Marge's trust when really he shouldn't I mean like Mm -hmm. in the past when he's done it he's done like actually sweet things but like in this time it's just like he's not going to stop whittling down those batteries in bed Janine oh my god (laughs) uh yeah, it's it's not a good one. It's got some weird transphobic jokes. And, uh, yeah. We also have Catch Em If You Can, where Homer and Marge ditch their plans to go to Dayton, Ohio, and they instead go to Miami, Ohio, for fun away from the kids, and Bart and Lisa find out and chase them down, and Grandpa has a gay experience. It's kind of sweet, but really definitely, like, sexual. Mm-hmm. Also, um, I did like the sequence, the chase sequence that's just basically the opening of Catch Me If You Can, Catch Me If You Can, which is, like, such a weird thing to base this long of a sequence on, but also it's pretty well done. Oh, yeah, and I mean, that was in the zeitgeist. Uh, Because that came out in 2002. Whoa, that's that's pretty soon. We usually get a good amount of, like, maybe five years before we hit references to stuff. Well, I think a lot of it was we were having the shifting of these are shared cultural touchstones to our culture is moving a lot faster, and there's less of a desire to... Like, just reference older things. I'm really excited to see how that turns out in Simpsons going forward. Because, like, from what I've known, like, about past Simpsons, and now finally getting into stuff that I haven't seen, I want to see if the same stuff that I've, like, known from it, the same tropes follow true, and what, like, breaks the mold. I mean, like... The year after Russian Doll came out, we had a Russian Doll Treehouse of Horror segment. So, they they picked their battles. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty solid one overall. Like, I appreciate that Homer and Marge reasonably want to get away from their kids, and if they don't have to bring their kids along somewhere, they will go to scenic Miami, Ohio which has beautiful beaches, Janine. Because that's that's Miami that they went to. Home of Miami University. This is one of those things where I don't know enough to dispute it, but it sounds (laughs) like something that I want to speak out about. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Janine, the the joke that I'm doing here is that they don't go to Miami, Ohio, they go to Miami, Florida. The Miami that people actually want to go to. 
Right, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, theoretically, if they aren't going to have to deal with Florida. This is the weirdest thing, though. It's it's because of how desensitized I am from, from all of that stuff that I'm just, like, starting to just, like, nod. Uh-huh, yeah, sure, there's a Miami, Ohio. This sounds completely weird, but also, like, is this a Simpsons meta joke or is this a Luke meta joke? It's... It is a Luke meta joke. Like, I thought that Will Smith's Going to Miami song was about Miami, Ohio. You're a, you're a very funny boy. Uh, I mean, at the time, I would have been... Let's see, that came out in 1997, so I would have been like seven or eight years old. I could not conceive that two places would have the same name. And, I mean, we do have Miami University. Wait, you're younger than me? Sorry, I was just doing math in my head. Yeah, no, we've established this. I think you're two years older than I am. Well, we've also established that sometimes Janine's short-term memory kind of gets destroyed. But it's... Always a pleasure learning new things about you that you've already told me. Uh Uh-huh. That's how we spice up our friendship. Uh, We then have Simple Simpson, which Homer becomes Pie Man to help out the little guy and runs afoul of the police. Uh, Lisa asks him to stop after he gets shot, but he tries to get revenge on Mr. Burns, who captures him and forces him to work as a hitman. But then Homer ultimately reveals himself to save the Dalai Lama, and nobody believes that it was him. Which, from what we've heard, depending on which Dalai Lama that was visiting, uh, that might have been a not necessarily a, a person you want to protect. Hmm. I had I had trouble placing if this was parroting the superhero genre or a specific oh 100% uh, the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man like the upside down kiss right 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 I've just I guess I've just seen that in like after that happened the whole thing was just to make that joke so I it it's very much a we at this time hadn't really established what superhero movies were as much. Like I think this is when we would have been getting like the X Men movies, but that might have been a bit too strange. But like Spider Man was huge. That's true. That was the first one that that came out on the market, and like the whole thing didn't like really completely just get weird until Iron Man came out. And I think that was 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, the year I graduated high school. So this is kind of like a blind spot in my superhero movie knowledge. This is when I was really into anime. Fair. We, we have established that. So cultural touchstones, why aren't they uh, referencing Evangelion? Why isn't this like the finale of Ted Lasso? I 
I really like the ending of Ted Lasso, and it's a very good sports anime, and also I'm glad that he got into the Evangelion. Uh, we then have one of the first kind of retcon history episodes of The Way We Weren't, where Homer and Marge realized that they were both each other's first kiss before they thought they were, and how Homer accidentally broke Marge's heart. How did you feel about this one? I, hmm, there's so much that I feel attached to, to what I already thought of the Homer and Marge story, Mm -hmm. that I felt that this was just like, kind of unnecessary. I like that we do kind of get a a look back, because I do like Marge's younger design. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I do like when we get the line where it's just like Mo answering the call and thinking it's a prank and then he just breaks the fourth wall and is like, yeah, this is the origin for that. It, it It's kind of like we didn't need the story. It doesn't really add anything to the greater canon. But it's... It's self-aware? Yeah, uh, there's some not great fat jokes in there. Uh, but there was also some solid criticism of feminine standards, said Luke trying to figure out the correct term. Yeah, it, it's solid overall. Uh, on the opposite spectrum, we have Bart Mangled Banner, where Bart accidentally moons the flag and his family is harassed for being un-American, which leads to Springfield becoming targeted, so they rebrand as Libertyville, and the family ends up in a re-education center on Alcatraz, and then they escape during a talent show and head off to France until they come back as undocumented immigrants. It's a weird fucking one. Like, I, yeah, like, to be honest, it it does say a lot because um, this is 2002. This is, yeah, this is like really close after 9-11, but like not after the first response from it and when we can be able to start criticizing the over-Americanization that's happening without actually really stopping it. Mm-hmm. Liberal America. It's... It feels like it's trying to be very edgy in a way that I don't think fully works as well as they want. Partially because they are still dealing with the system that they are dealing with. And, uh, yeah, it's fucking wild, the ending, where it's just like, oh yeah, we're going to be welcomed into America as the Sips. There's layers there, but like, I don't know. That feels like, it feels like homework. (laughs) Uh, See, I'm high on life, my friend. I've sucked out the essence of many small rodents. I'm getting stronger. My brain is more precise. I'm becoming a vampire like Dio. Ura, 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 ura. 
Now this next one, I'm going to have to admit right off the bat that I didn't end up watching before the podcast. And it, it's like a growing trend now where it's like, I leave a little something for myself later. I don't uh-huh. know. I'm, I'm terrible at finishing The Last of Anything. The Last of Us is just like, eh, The Last of Me. The last uh, of the time that I played it was like several years ago. <laughs> Very bad at finishing games. Very bad at finishing um, jars of peanut butter. Well, damn it, Janine, we're going to work together to finish fucking One Piece. I'm going to try. <laughs> like, this is the most dedicated I've been to anything. This is the episode 31. Mm-hmm. If you told me that this was going to get to episode 31, on episode one, I would have, I would be like, oh, that's when it ended, right? Janine, my friend, that's what happens when you start a project with me. It dies when either you stop, when you start avoiding me, or I get tired. I don't think either one of those is going to happen soon. Fair enough. We got this. Uh, yeah, the last one is Fraudcast News, which Mr. Burns sees his own obituary on the news when people think that he dies, so he decides to buy all the mass media so they can make it love him. And Lisa, meanwhile, started her own paper and refuses to sell out to Mr. Burns, so he forces her out, but she then inspires other people to start their own newspapers. It's, uh, it is a solid one. Like, it's got a good bunch of jokes in it. Hey, that kind of feels relevant now when we have billionaires buying out, like, fucking entire newspapers. Uh Uh-huh. We also get some good stuff, like we get to see uh, Mr. Burns' League of Evil, uh, some weird horses. We find out that we are on at least the fourth Mr. Teeny. Lots of good stuff. So, yeah, uh, you didn't watch that one. I think that uh, Broadcast News is probably the best out of that bunch in terms of, like, good jokes, good bits, and uh, fun. But, uh, Janine, you did get through all the One Piece episodes that we covered, right? Of course, of course. I definitely had to finish it. That that doesn't sound 100% convincing. I know. <laughs> I guess that's just something we're going to have to deal with. I don't know. I don't always... Um, I'm terrible um, when I'm high, which mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. Hey, surprise. This is not the first time this has happened on this podcast. Um, no. But, um, yeah, so a lot of people are very bad at lying. And I think I'm just very bad at telling the truth. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, uh, the episodes we're covering include The Destruction of Angel Island, Terror of the Descending Rigel. Chop down Giant Jack, the last hope of escaping.
The Miracle in God's Country, a love song heard by angels. The war draws to a close. Ringing far and wide, the proud Fantasia. I have come here. The weaving of the pony cliffs. Now heading towards the blue sea, memories of an interwoven finale. And, uh, yeah, it's, it is a lot, like, it took us a while to get here, but we made it. Uh, we return to Skypea, where Wiper figures out that Enel wants the golden bell of Shandora, and Robin explains that the bell is further up in the clouds. Luffy, meanwhile, is running up Giant Jack, the massive beanstalk that heads all the way up into the clouds, chasing after Enel, who is on his massive ship, the Ark Maxim. Enel severs the beanstalk, and Luffy barely holds on to what remains. That is when Nami finds him on the waiver, and she explained that she had escaped from the Ark Maxim and was looking to get Luffy off. She wants him to leave so they can all get out of there, but Luffy wants to get the bell. That way he can prove that Nolan wasn't lying when he gets to ring it. And meanwhile, Enel just releases a massive thunderhead that fucking destroys Angel Island, and I don't think everybody escaped. I hope somebody died. Nobody dies in this fucking anime. I mean, I've told you Mary's going to die. And I'm looking forward to the day. What day are you looking forward to? The day that Mary is dead and in the ground. I've been watching it for the podcast and it's just like, yeah, I'm I'm just going to start prepping up these scenes. We're going to have like a five minute clip show where Janine, you're going to get angry having your words thrown back at you as you are upset. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, uh, Eno, meanwhile, reaches the bell. And Nami realizes that they need a plan, so she writes on one of the massive leaves and drops it down with directions so that Zoro is going to cut down the massive beanstalk so it falls and forms a ramp. And Eno's like, all right, well, I've got the bell. I can destroy the rest of Skypea. So he forms an even larger storm head that's going to do it. And it's, it is great. Like, the odds feel epic here i think really what really kind of when one piece is getting to the end of mm -hmm. an arc you can see all the different facts and everything that was written before it weave into something mm -hmm. and it starts with this fucking leaf mm -hmm. and starts going backwards and like Luffy grabs onto it and it breaks off when he's trying to get up to Enel. And like, there's just a leaf there with them. And mm -hmm. like, it's easy just to fucking forget it, but like, then it gets used like immediately. Mm -hmm. It's like if somebody like pulled out a gun inside of the, the first act of a play and said, Hey, check out this cool gun, and then started shooting people in the audience. Christ! Oh. <laughs> uh. I would suggest not adding that into your plays that you are writing wannabe playwrights. <laughs> uh, 
So Nami plans to ramp Luffy off of the Beanstalk onto the Max, uh, onto the Arc Maxim, but Zoro has been unable to cut through the Beanstalk by himself. Usopp joins in to try and help, is unable to get it, and Robin explains why Luffy is up trying to ring the bell to Wiper. And Wiper's like, oh shit, my ancestor's best friend slash lover we pretty, get to prove... Pretty sure lover. Happy pride. Pretty sure lover. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get to prove that he wasn't a liar. We get to fulfill the promise that we made. And he uses the reject dial, the thing that almost destroyed his arm when he used it before. And that is able to knock it down. Nami revs the waver and Luffy just charges at the stormhead and uses like a gum gum gatling a- attack hitting it with a gold ball, which acts as a conductor and discharges the entire storm. It is fucking awesome. And all of it's, like, not affecting Luffy because he's a rubber man. Uh Uh-huh. Not a stretchy person. He's a rubber man. How did that happen? Yo-ho-ho, he took a bite of gum gum. Yeah, I don't have that clip on there anymore. You want to know what clip I do have? What clip do you have? This well-mannered snake. Oh wait, sorry, I forgot. You watched the uh, sub. Huh? Happy Pride, Jimmy. Happy Pride. Let's keep going. <laughs> So Luffy destroys the Thunderhead and Wiper calls to Luffy to ring the bell. Enel tries to like get him. Luffy smashes him. Enel just stabs into Luffy with his superheated spear and tries to get Luffy knocked down again. But Luffy bounces back up and just smashes through Enel with a gold ball and ends up ringing the bell. And like across Skypea and on the sea below, the bell rings out and is heard for the first time. And like Cricket talks about how the shadows in the sky look like giants up in the clouds. And he sees Luffy's shadow in the sky as Enel is defeated. And it is great. Like the Arc Maxim begins to crash into the cloud ocean and we, we start to get resolution. Like immediately, there's like, I, it's such a relief. I feel like even after things were safe, there was still some danger at the end of Alabasta. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Like, it feels like it's early because, like, it happened so early in the list of episodes that we had set for this episode for it to happen. But also, um, Hotori got, like, two episodes. Fucking Hotori. You mean Satori? Satori, that's right. Hotori was a brother of... Uh-huh, there's Hotori and Kotori and Satori. There we go. Fuck all of them, by the way. Huh? Who? This well-mannered snake? You son of a bitch. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> oh, well, one of those clips I could find on YouTube. The other I had to record off of Netflix. Uh, so, Reiki... Uh, 
So Reiki returns Isa's bag of earth that Reiki had almost died protecting as the other Shandorian warriors get to recuperate after the battle. Uh, Conus reunites with the crew on the giant jack, and we find out that Luffy and Nami raided God's shrine to steal all the food that was there. Kaguya, Conus's dad, turns out to have survived Enel's attack somehow. Nobody dies in this anime. And he returns with the Skypeans as everyone prepares to just move into the upper yard. Enel, meanwhile, restarted the Ark Maxim and heads to the Idlis Verth, which is the fucking moon. I didn't see that coming. Uh, yeah, when we get done with the recap, I'll tell you what happens up there. Because so far, it has not made it into the anime. 20 years later. He made it to the moon. Janine, he made it to the moon, finds an army of robots who get activated with his electric powers, and then he fights space pirates. All of this is very important to the series. He got punched so hard he's in a, doing another anime. He fly me to the moon, let him play among the stars, activate some robots, and fight some space pirates. R. Oh my god. <laughs> and that's how Evangelion ends. Sure. Uh, yeah. So, like, Wiper gets up after passing out and sees the Skypeans and the Shandorians partying together with the Straw Hats. And, like, four nights later, Luffy wakes up Nami so she can get the crew together and they are going to steal all of the gold they can because they're pirates. And that morning, the Shandorians find where the Golden Bell fell and it's in a precarious position. So the Shandorians and the Skypeans work to pull it up together. Usopp, meanwhile, tries trading metal and rubber bands to the Skypeans for dials, but all they really want are the rubber bands, which is great. I mean, Usopp did a really good job selling them. Mm-hmm. Zoro wants to figure out how he can cut through more materials, and meanwhile, Luffy leads the crew uh, to the goal that he found inside of Nola's body. Which... Delightful. Just get inside the snake. Walk right in. Wipe your feet before you do, though. Before what? Before you get in the snake, son. This well-mannered snake. You son of a bitch. Oh, so good. Uh, the Skybeans, meanwhile, found the Poneglyph that their ancestors were supposed to protect with their lives, and Robin translates it for them. And it talks about protecting the true history and also mentions where to find Poseidon, one of the ancient weapons similar to the Pluton that was mentioned in Alabasta. One of the Skybeans mentions another inscription that was left by Goldie Roger, who Godfall met like 20 years ago. And Robin realizes that Goldie Rogers' note means that it's tied to the real pony glyph, which is the one that is at the end of the Grand Line. And Robin tells the chief that their duty is fulfilled, 
and the Skykins no longer need to fight outsiders to protect the Pony Glyph, due to something referred to as the Lost Century. Lore! 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 Just all at once. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does kind of, like, kind of drop a bomb on you that, like, a dude came by here and found this thing that the main bad guy was looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he tagged like, it like he tagged it, and then he jet like, mm-hmm. and that Gold- was just twenty years ago. Goldie Roger was here, and Godfather didn't think anything about it. So the Shandorians want to give one of the massive bell stands that's made of gold to the pirates, but. All of the other Straw Hats beyond Robin believe that the Shandorians are chasing after them for stealing the gold. And they just have like a few small bat, a few large bags of gold. And really the Shandorians just want to say goodbye and so they end up chasing them off. Isa meanwhile gets a haircut like Luffy and rejects the gender expectations of Shandora. Good for Isa. Yeah. Uh, Wiper and his boys get to celebrate that Kalgra's last wish has been fulfilled. The chief of the Shandorians tries to make Gonfall the new leader since he believes that the birth must be shared and the people must be united. And Gonfall never liked the division, and eventually Gonfall agrees to it. I have a problem. I got a problem. It it, it obviously, obviously we know it should be the chief that takes over. I mean, the chief would probably be a better choice. The problem is, I feel like a lot of these Skypeans are probably kind of racist. I and... I think, though, the reason why that the chief came up to and was like, I want to give you this, is because he's like, I want to give you this burden. I'm out of here. I want to retire. I spent all of my life trying to kill all of y'all. I, I want to die retired in racist peace. Someone else take care of it. I mean, the chief didn't really push for war. But the chief also never got an actual name. That's true. Mm-hmm. I can paint on him all I want. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Straw Hats leave to head back to the Blue Sea as Konis, Sue, and Pagia say goodbye, and the Southbird that they brought up with them rejoins as they leave through Cloud End, and the log pose is set for the next island. They start to freefall from the clouds, and so Konis sends them an octopus balloon, while the United Shandorians and Skypians ring the bell for them. We get a brief moment where Cricket decides that the Sariyama Alliance are now going to move on to their next project, since they don't need to look for proof of the Golden City. And as the ship descends, Nami realizes that, oh shit, because they are flying, they have blown off course, and the crew starts to worry about where they're going to end up. Luffy starts bouncing on top of the octopus balloon, which Sanji realizes is pushing the air out of it. Usopp tries to use breath dials to reinflate it, but the octopus snaps and the ship lands in the ocean, surrounded by cliffs and searchlights. 
And that's where we end this arc of One Piece. Holy shit, you guys. I yeah. was so ready to, to see Blue Water. Well, we we made it back to the uh we made it back to the blue ocean, Janine. Ooh, I feel better already because because I know that we're done with a lot of the things that I didn't like about Skypea while taking the best thing about it, the dials. <laughs> Skypea is a very divisive arc. Like I I think I'd mentioned at the beginning, a lot of people drop out uh early on. I think if you were binging all of it in a single go, like the Enel stuff feels like it takes a while, but like Rewatching it this time, once we got past Satori, it worked a lot more. Yeah, there was a lot, a lot of setup, and still a good amount of payoff. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is somehow going to be paying off for years. <laughs> like there's stuff where it's like, oh wait, was Skypea somehow the most important One Piece arc? Who knows. Well, I don't want to skip anything, so we're going to keep going. Well, I mean, next we've got G8, which is uh, a filler arc that was initially developed as a movie, but it's a very good one. It's the filler arc that people say you shouldn't skip. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Like, even though it's non-canonical, people are like, oh, we want this character to show up in, like, other episodes of the show, so... I love that people can be able to find something darling about filler episodes. Um, me, as the person who's kind of watching it right now, mm-hmm. without ever touching the manga, I don't really have that much of a concept of them, except for when either A, Luke tells me, or B, it really does seem like they're keeping away from starting up any stories. I mean... There are definitely parts where the show is like, oh, uh, we need to give the anime more time, or we need to give the manga more time to, like, get written and stuff. And, uh... But I love these, because they, they feel like su- they feel like fan fictions. The way that sometimes uh, some of the writing can be able to uh, exaggerate some of the traits that some of the um, characters have. Mm-hmm. Although last time, uh, Robin's whole thing was just a book. Though that that worked because what do we know about Robin at this point? Uh, handy. In archaeology. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. So they're they're kind of working with what they can know, uh, and we're going to be getting into that in september wow look forward to that yeah because we've got mostly filler summer (laughs) hot filler summer Uh uh-huh meet up with some hot filler in your neighborhood 
Uh, yeah, because we've got G8, we got Long Ring, uh, we've got Long Ring Island, which starts off as uh, as canon, and then they're just like, oh, we want to do more of this, which I will be interested to see what happens. We've got Ocean's Dream, which is the most filler, and then we have oh shit, we kind of fucked with the story too much, so we need to bring back a character again and get things set back right. So. That sounds like a wild ride. Yeah. Uh, Won't you join us on our journey through One Piece and The Simpsons? We've got six episodes to get through until we get to what is widely regarded as like the best One Piece arc. The best, Janine. But speaking of the best, uh, we have one character to match, and that is Marilyn, and she is very, very, very unimportant. Her entire characterization came from, oh, hey, Oda, why is this woman dancing with Sanji? And Oda's just like, oh, yeah, she was the former Skypean beauty queen, and she's older now. And that's that's what her deal is. We stand an old lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have two suggestions for her. My Rodrigo style is Miss Killebrew, and then the second one is one that I stole from King Atticus. So I will hold off onto that one until you give yours. Sure. Because you said you were very proud of yours. And I would be proud of you. And Janine, you know what? All right, I'll, I'll, I'll go. Huh? Yeah, okay. Go All right. Uh, number one, I got Witch Patty. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Then I have Agnes Skinner. Just classic Agnes Skinner? I can't think of another Agnes. Uh-huh. And then finally, Barbara Bush. Fascinating. Well, we're, we've got a call coming in. Pere, 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 pere. Uh, King Atticus was the only person who put in a suggestion this week, so get at us in the comments on Twitter or on the Dumbass Discord to send in your ideas, but also we're going to get the characters who people actually give a shit about, so that should probably help. Uh, King Atticus suggested, and I agree with, and Janine, I think you will also agree with, Helen of Troy, Agnes Skinner. In uh, Tales from the Public Domain, we find out that Agnes Skinner was Helen of Troy. So you get your Helen of Troy, or you get your Agnes Skinner, but we don't have to burn full Agnes. And King Atticus gets to make a pick. Well, we've been... Oh... 
You see, if I didn't say Agnes and if I led with Barbara Bush, you probably wouldn't have me as much as you have me right now. But I did say Agnes, and you did give me an Agnes, and that is appropriate. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go with Helen of Troy then. Congratulations! I here's also the other thing, Janine. I will give King Atticus full credit for it, so I don't get a point. Awesome! That way we could also say it was official. Mm-hmm. Addy uh, is going to pick the character for our next one. Uh, we'll probably do two of them for the next one, but yeah. Ooh. We're going to have a bunch of characters as part of G8. So, uh, get excited for that. Get excited for our guest. And get excited to tell people where people can find you online, my friend Janine. Well, I'm back on the Twitter again. And that is at Janine Juliet. You could also find me, um, jeez, I'm not even going to plug in the Insta this time. Y'all go find it. And I'm also on various Luke Hair Podcast Productions. Luke, what about you? You can find me on Twitter at, at Coltreg, that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G, or at Luke Hair, L-U-K-E-H-E-R-R dot com. I do a bunch of stuff right now. I, actually, I'm just doing this show right now because I'm still on post-wedding hiatus slash Tears of the Kingdom time. I'm zelda It's very important just to do all that zelda right now. Mm-hmm. I gotta say the princess, Janine. I've, well, I don't need to say the princess. I just need to keep exploring and stealing ninja schematics. Uh... Our cover art is by Mike Patton, who you can find on the Instagram and Twitter at Patton Pending, P-A-T-T-E-N-P-E-N-D-I-N-G. Mike does a great job. Uh, We're also starting to talk about doing a kind of art book uh, collection piece, so keep an ear out for that, because we've had some good art made for, we've had some great art made for the show. Oh, yeah. uh, I'd like to get something to help and promote it at conventions. But for now, you can listen to the show at DonantsDawn.com. Our website is a Tumblr. If you still use Tumblr, please, like, reshare our posts. I I am not good at promoting work in a way that is effective. I am kind of lazy when it comes to that. And if you enjoy the show, like, Finding ways to help spread the word is good. Normally, I'll do like a post to the One Piece Reddit every couple weeks. There's a Facebook, but I forget to update that. So really, I am calling on you, loyal listeners of Bill Man's Dawn, to like spread the word. And if you enjoy the show, let us know that because that helps us to inspire us to do more of the show. Because we enjoy it, but, you know, your words power us. And Janine, we've got got an episode that's going to be under an hour long. Wow. That's, uh, that's breaking the mold right there, too. Yeah, it has been a long while since we've done that. 
Uh, anyways, thank you all for listening. Safe sailing. And Janine. You're going to do it again, aren't you? You, you, you did it again. Uh-huh. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.